Hey, this is Cooper Smith. I'm one of the student worship pastors at Eastview, and I'm honored to welcome you to our Eastview Students High School podcast. We hope this is encouraging, inspiring, and helpful for you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy the message. Okay, one second real quick, because I have to do this right away. Okay, it's zero to zero right now. Okay, Illinois, zero, Loyola, zero. All right, so no score checking during the sermon. Deal? Okay. Also, want to invite everyone, all of our high school students listening <clears throat> to the podcast right now, because you have decided you wanted to watch the Illinois game instead of be here for church. So hello, all of you that are listening to the podcast. Hi, everybody. How are you guys here doing today? Okay. How many of you guys, all of this NCAA March Madness stuff, you could really maybe care less. Okay. All right. Well, all right. That's fair. Um, I am not one of those people. I am one that gets hyped around this time of year, but if you're not, that's okay, which means you guys come here and you, you absolutely know your priorities. So that's great. Okay. Here is what I want to know this morning from you guys. Anyone in here a forgetful person? You forget things a lot? Okay, maybe for some of you, you guys know it. Maybe for some of you, you are and you don't know it. So let me just do a quick little survey to see if maybe you are a forgetful person. Have you ever lost your keys, but like only during the time when you absolutely have to leave right now? How, why is it that it always happens that way? I always lose my keys right at that moment. Okay, how about this one? Have you ever gone upstairs to go grab something only to get up there and forget what you were, you were getting. Okay, all right. Um, have, I do this all the time. Have you guys ever opened a text and told yourself, I'll reply when I have time, only to forget about it three days later? Anyone been there? Okay, all right. Maybe you're a forget, Here, here's one that I might hit it where it hurts. Ever told someone you'd pray for them? And then forgot? Hmm. Okay, we're not raising our hands for that one. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Uh, ever felt the heart-dropping feeling of walking into the classroom and seeing everyone hand in a paper, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> right? Ever had that moment before? Have you ever forgotten that you told your mom that before she left for work that you would have the kitchen cleaned by the time she came home, only to forget until you get a text saying, on my way home, sweetie. Hmm? Okay. All right. Anyone forget what they had for lunch on Thursday? <laughs> okay. All right. If you raise your hands for any of those, or maybe some of you didn't raise your hands because you're too embarrassed about it, I would suggest maybe you're a forgetful person. You're a lot like me. I would suggest that every person in here, all of us are forgetful, unless one of you guys were to carry around maybe a notebook all the time and you're writing down everything to remember that, maybe some of you are like that, I would suggest you're a forgetful person. We can easily forget things. We know it, and God knew it. God, in his creation of humanity, knew Man, the people I create, they're going to be forgetful. They're going to forget these things. And so God does something throughout the Bible. What he does is he puts these things in place. He gives us these visuals throughout Scripture 
because he knows the people would forget. And so he's like, I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to put these visuals in place so that it would continue to remind them of the work that I've done in their life. Take Noah, for example, right? Noah, he, he promises to Noah that he's never going to flood the earth again, but he doesn't want Noah to forget that promise or anyone to forget that promise. So what does he do? He makes a rainbow, right? Rainbow. So that you'd always remember when you see that, that I promised I'd never flood the earth again. Here's the thing. God probably looked at this grand plan of what the Passover was. And what I'm assuming is, is what God did is he saw this, he saw the Passover, he's like, okay, I'm about to do this for the entire people of God. I'm going to do this for my people. I'm going to free millions of people from slavery. But you know what? They're going to forget this. I just, they're going to forget this, this moment, this incredible thing. So what God did is he didn't just, he, he made the Passover, not just an event where he'd unleash this final plague, where he would kill all the firstborn children of the Egyptians, but what he did was he put a meal in place. And he told the people of God, I'm going to put this meal in place that you're always going to take every year to remember what I did. And so this sets up the next part of the Passover this morning. We're actually going to be talking about the meal that took place during this story. So grab your Bibles, open up to Exodus chapter 12. I'm going to be starting in verse 14, starting in verse 14 this morning. And, and, and now this meal that we're going to describe here, this meal that the people of God partake in during the Passover, it's going to sound a little strange. It's not going to make a lot of sense to us. And, and just bear with me for a little bit because I'm going to explain exactly what the purpose was, why this meal had a lot of deep meaning behind it. But we're going to read through it and you're going to be like, what in the world is God getting at here? And just bear with me because I'm going to explain it, what God was really getting at here. So Exodus chapter 12, I'm going to start in verse 14. Verse 14, this is a day to remember. Each year from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, remove every trace of yeast from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival and again on the seventh day, all the people must observe an official day an official day for the holy assembly. No work of any kind may be done on these days except in the preparation of food. Celebrate this festival of unleavened bread, for, for it will remind you that I brought your forces out of the land of Egypt on this very day. This festival will be a permanent law for you. Celebrate this day from generation to generation. The bread you eat must be made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day of that month. During those seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. Anyone who eats anything made with yeast during this week will be cut off from the community of Israel. These regulations apply both to the foreigners living among you and to the native-born Israelites. And during those days, you must not eat anything made with yeast. Wherever you live, eat only bread made without yeast. Now jump over to verse 24 for me. Now remember, these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony. And then your children will ask... 
what does this ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. And when Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshiped. Let me pray for us this morning. God, I pray in a passage like this where we're talking about this festival that we may not fully understand, God, that your truth would be communicated this morning, God, that you would speak, you would speak to the hearts and the minds and the ears and the souls of every student in this room this morning, God, I pray you'd get me out of the way. You wouldn't use my words, God, that you'd use your words this morning to proclaim the truth that your son Jesus came and died for us, that we might remember and praise you for that. So God, I give this morning and this sermon to you and do what you want to with it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, there are a number of foods that are usually associated with the Passover meal. And by the way, if you guys didn't know, this, this meal is actually still practiced by Jews today. Every year they practice what's called the Passover. They take these foods and they still do this, and they remember this Passover that happened, right? Where God sent his final plague and he rescued the people of Israel, Right, but the main food you probably picked up on that is said over and over again, he's talking about bread here in this passage. He's talking about bread and specifically unleavened bread. All right, and what unleavened bread is, is it's bread made without yeast. All right, so think like if you guys have ever been to Flat Top before, you know that pita bread that you get, the really flat bread? You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, think like that kind of bread. It's, it's bread made without yeast. Why, now, now why, would God, why would God say and make it so important? Like you see in this passage over and over again, right, in that first section I read, how many times does Moses say, make sure it's without yeast. Don't eat yeast. Your bread better not have yeast. So like what in the world was God getting at here in this passage? Well, you guys know what yeast does, right? You know what the purpose of yeast is? Yeast goes into bread so that bread will what? It'll rise, right? I'm giving you a science lesson today here to start, right? If bread is made without yeast, what happens is it's really flat and it doesn't rise. But the whole point is just a little bit of yeast that you add to bread can affect the whole thing. Just a little bit. A tiny bit of yeast can entirely affect what bread turns out to be. A small bit of this can influence the whole. And now, here's what I'm thinking. There are, there are plenty of small things that I can think of that influence the whole. All right? So to give you an example, let's just say, for example, some wild example that Oral Roberts plays Ohio State. And Abilene Christian plays Texas. And let's just say they win the game. What happens is a small little victory like that changes 14 million brackets to no longer perfect. See? See what I mean here? Some of you guys that aren't following March Madness, you're like, what are you talking about? Okay? But that's like an example. A little thing can affect the whole. And sometimes even something as small as yeast can change the direction of something. Well, you want to know what else can this morning? Sin. Just a little bit of sin can affect the whole. Oh, 
Just this small little lie won't hurt anyone. Oh, I'll just, I'll just watch this one clip of pornography, but that's it. Oh, I'll just, I'll just take it one step further with this guy or with this girl, but, but it won't hurt anything. Oh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just smoke weed this one time with my friends, or I'll, I'll drink this one beer with my friends one time, but I, I'll stop at that. And it's interesting, and, and what happens is these sins that we deem as small actually greatly influence the heart, and they greatly influence our life. And so was it really about the yeast in the bread? No. But it represented this idea that the people of God were supposed to be set apart. They weren't supposed to be influenced by the sin of the world. What God was showing here is that because a little bit of yeast can affect the whole, I'm trying to show you here that we're going to do this to remember that a little bit of sin that may enter your camp when you are free is going to affect the entire people. You guys are called to be set apart. Here's the truth. When God frees you from slavery, when God frees you from slavery to sin, he does not want you to continue living in sin. And sometimes I think we take advantage of God's grace. That we understand the cross. We understand that Jesus covers our sin. And so if God has saved me, I can, but I can just keep living the life that I'm living. I can just keep doing whatever I want to do because, yeah, Jesus is he's going to cover that. Here's the thing, being freed, the fact that Jesus came and died for each and every, every one of us to be set apart, being freed means being set apart because if you're freed by Jesus but you aren't living in the truth, you aren't being obedient to Jesus, you aren't really living in freedom. What you're doing is you're picking up your chains and your shackles and you're just taking them with you to the promised land. And you're saying, oh, I know I've been free, but I'm just gonna take all this baggage with me and I'm gonna keep doing this. Right, You're still living with that. You aren't really going to live unless you're actively following Jesus. That if Jesus is the one that has rescued you from sin, and yes, we've done nothing to earn that, Jesus gives that freely. But if we're continuing to live in sin and do whatever we want to, then, then what we miss is the entire point that we're meant to follow Jesus every day. It's an everyday thing. It's not just a Wednesday or a Sunday thing. It is an everyday saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's an everyday not pursuing sin. It's not pursuing sin every once in a while. It's fleeing from sin every day. And so God, in his complete understanding that this meal would go on to be a remembrance, he made sure that something as simple as not putting yeast in your bread was really a reminder to the people of God, hey, once I free you, don't live in sin. Be free of that. I have rescued you from that. Flee from those things. Here's the thing. If you're in here this morning and you, and you haven't chosen Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would suggest that you're still living with this leaven, with this weight, with this weight of sin and baggage, and that Jesus is the only one that can rescue you from that. But also, if you're in here this morning, and you do believe in Jesus, that he, you do believe that he has rescued you from sin and death, but you're still living in sin, and you're still choosing to do whatever you want to do, and you maybe aren't still finding joy in life, maybe the question you need to ask this morning is, am I being obedient to Jesus every day? 
Or have I made this in every once in a while? Am I picking up my chains in my back and my sin and am I just taking this with me? That Jesus calls us to be set apart. Here's the thing, Jesus, did you know that God promises that if you walk in accordance to his word, you will find life. You will find it. If you walk in step with Jesus, you will find life. Not in step with what the world says you need to walk in step with. Not walking and trying to drag along this sin, but trying to flee from it. Walking in accordance and obedience to what the Bible says, you will find life. Here's the thing. What I think of this, what I think it's like, let's say I got you tickets to a Final Four game. Or let's say I got you tickets to the musical Hamilton. But you say, well, can I bring my blindfold along? Right? Like, you're going to get the experience still. You're going to hear the music. You're going to hear the game. But you're not experiencing the full magnitude of what it is. That would be ridiculous, right? To want to bring a blindfold along to those things. And that's what I think we do when we don't walk every day in accordance to what Jesus calls us to be. It's like we want to bring this baggage and these things along with us. And so if you've chosen to follow Jesus but continue to be disobedient and live in sin, yes, I want, I want to communicate this this morning. You are still covered by the blood of Jesus. Jesus still offers that to you, but you won't experience the full life that comes with following God who knows that if you obey him, if you follow him every day, for those of you that may struggle with anxiety, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find peace. For those of you that struggle with things like sin, pornography, lust, pride, if you come to Jesus, you will find forgiveness. And for those of you like me who make dumb decisions all the time, when you follow him every day, you will find wisdom. You will find these things. Now, this meal with the unleavened bread and the lamb, each of them served as a reminder. The unleavened bread, bread without yeast, was a reminder to flee from sin. And right, we talked about the lamb in the Passover meal, right? That the lamb was a reminder that there was a sacrifice made to rescue. This meal served as a reminder for the people of God so that when those who were involved with the event eventually went and eventually they died, right? Those that were specifically involved in this first Passover, when they eventually went away, that it would be remembered and so that children could remember and it could be passed on from generation to generation. I want you to look at verse 25 for me. It says, when you enter the land the Lord has promised you to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony, and then your children will ask, what does this ceremony mean? And you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt. And though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. See, here's the thing. Families would be eating this meal years down the road, way past this first Passover. They're going to be sharing this meal as a family, and the kids would be asking, Mom, Dad, why, why do we do this again? Why are we eating this weird flat bread? Why are we eating this lamb? Man, man God is so incredible in this way because he, he knew how forgetful we are. He knew that we were going to forget things, so he put something in place as a reminder. But God also did something incredible. He knew 
we would ask questions. And so that's why in this story, he mentions that your children were asked, what does this ceremony mean? And that's the other thing that I want us high schoolers to observe about who God is this morning. He is a God that gives us reminders, but he is also a God that expects and welcomes questions. He expects and he welcomes questions about faith. And here's the thing. Sometimes I feel like the church has kind of failed in this aspect, that we, we, we get too scared to bring our doubts. We get too scared to bring our questions or our concerns about Christianity, that we don't want to ask the question, well, why do we believe this again? Why do we do this thing again? As if we'd be judged or maybe we don't want to know the answer or maybe we kind of expect what the answer is going to be and we don't want to hear it. And so we don't ask these questions. But here's the thing. If we get down the road and kids weren't asking about what the Passover meant, we would have eventually forgotten what the Passover was about because no one would have asked about it. We, they would have just continued to take the Passover year after year after year with no one asking why in the world do we do this to when eventually someone down the road is going to say, why do we do this again? And they're going to be like, I don't know. It's just what we've been doing, right? And if that gets to the point, then someone's going to say, well, let's get rid of this crappy bread and let's do donuts, Right? And then all of a sudden, we've forgotten completely that the bread represents fleeing from sin because it's now been filled with a jelly center. Right? Questions are so important to our faith because it reminds us and it, and it brings us back to who God is and why we believe what we believe. The reason I think a lot of us struggle with doubt and questions is because we don't ask them. We just sit with them, and no one asks to eventually it gets to the point where it's like, what? why do we do this again? Why do we believe this again? I, guys, I think this is one of Satan's great, greatest strategies. I think Satan says, I'm going to make it seem like you can't ask your hard questions in church so that no one asks them, and eventually everyone will forget. I, I talk about this a lot sometimes when I'm talking to high school students. There is something that I think is a strategy of the devil that's called spiritual amnesia. It's forgetting about what God has done in my life, forgetting about who God is, the truth of what he's about, so much to the point that then that leads to doubt and disbelief because we forget. Let me encourage you guys this morning. This is the time, this is the place to ask your hard questions. This is the place. Guys, the church is the place. Your small group is the place to ask questions like, why do we believe this? Why do we practice this? Why does God say we aren't supposed to do this? God gave us a faith that is meant to be remembered. Guys, did you know one of the biggest parts of Christianity is remembering? One of the biggest parts of Christianity and what we believe is remembering because guess what? We didn't walk with Jesus. We weren't there in person with him. Our whole faith is reliant on these guys that walked with Jesus in person, writing it down so that we could remember. And so that's what we're called to do. We're called to remember. We're called to ask these questions so that for our kids and our grandkids, they don't forget. That they don't ask a question like, why do we do this again? And we're sitting there like, ah, I don't know. 
Here's, here's my application for you guys this morning. This morning, if you guys have questions about faith, if you have questions about Jesus or what we believe, why we believe it, why God says to do these things, why God says not to do these things, guys, it's, it's now the time to ask those questions you've been holding on to. Now it's time to ask the questions because I don't want to get it to a point where we don't ask it and we get down the road to where no one knows the answer. So now is the time to ask our questions. Ask the questions you've been holding on to. And second, find a strategy that works for you in remembering the moments where God was clearly working in your life. Maybe for some of you, that means I gotta start journaling somehow, some way. So that I can remember in the moments where I'm struggling with doubt or disbelief, I can run back to this and say, oh, this is what God did. This is who God is. And so maybe that's an encouragement for you this morning to find a strategy to write down moments where God was clearly working in your life. This morning, as we close, I'm going to go ahead and invite the band back up. But I don't want us to forget what Jesus has done for us. Okay, it's the whole reason why we take communion. It's the whole reason why we sing worship songs every week. Do you guys know that music and melody is one of the best ways to remember? You guys are probably going to remember a song that we sang on a Sunday morning far more than you remember anything I say. That's why we sing worship. That's why we praise God. It's not just to exalt him, which is true, but it's also so that we can remember. And that's also why we take communion every week that we never forget the most important thing about what we believe that Jesus came and he died and he rescued me from sin. Here's the truth this morning. You can be forgetful about other things. You're human. You can forget what you went upstairs for. That's understandable. Don't forget about this. Do not forget about what we believe, that Jesus came and he died and he rescued us. Write it down somewhere. Tell someone about it. Follow him and flee from sin every day. So that eventually, someone will come up to you. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's your own kids one day. And they're going to ask you, hey, why do you follow Jesus? And you'll know exactly what to say. Amen. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the message, we'd love it if you would join us on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. for our Eastview Students High School service. We also want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast and share it to your social media accounts. To stay up to date, check us out on Instagram at EastviewHSM and check out our Eastview Students YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.